Welcome back to Beyond the Bases. First and foremost, I just want to thank everybody for the love and support I got in episode one last week. I really appreciated that so much. I read through all your messages and texts and everything about what you thought about the podcast, and I really appreciate that and take those to heart. So thank you guys again for that. Uh, as, as much as this is an opportunity for me to talk to these players, I love bringing some entertainment as well as insight to you guys going forward with all this stuff. So thank you again. Uh, here in the episode today, I sit down with Jake Kuchmaner, a pitcher from ECU, and we look a year later at his perfect game he threw against Maryland and talk about what it means to him to be part of such an elite club. We also talk about his new golf game that he's picked up during quarantine, as well as why it's so important for college athletes to have hobbies and skills off the field as well. So thank you guys again. Uh, whether you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you pick up your podcast, make sure to leave a like, leave a review, share it up. I really appreciate it so much. And with that, here's the episode. I'm joined alongside Jake Kuchmaner. Uh, he's a pitcher at ECU. Uh, Jake, I just want to thank you for coming on today and everything, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. So, of course, just starting out, I mean, where are you back home or where are you at right now during all this stuff with the pandemic, man? Uh, I'm back in Greenville, um, kind of working out up here, hanging out, um, kind of at home and stuff. So, got a job with DoorDash, so just kind of making some money on the sides, doing some lessons, stuff like that. So, um, laying low here, though, yeah. So how, how's the DoorDash experience going? You got any interesting <laughs> stories so far? How's that been? Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been kind of – there's very little human interaction, so it's good. Yeah. Um, you know, you just kind of throw a podcast on or something and go for a couple hours. And um, there's nothing I can think of that's, like, stand out to me, but um, it's pretty easy. I like it. It's fun. So Yeah. And so, like, I mean, do you still have, you know, access to the facilities? Are you still able to kind of work out there, or what's been the restrictions? Uh, we don't have access to the facilities. We have, like, some um, third-party thing that we're allowed to go work out at. Um, and we only have, like, certain times we can go in there. So um, we had to pay for memberships and stuff. So we get full access to that. But that's open to the public, so. Yeah. And so, I mean, have you kind of been interacting with your teammates? You guys been trying to stay spaced apart? I mean, how's that? what about that? Um, there's, a, there's a good group of guys here right now, and then there's a good group of guys that are still at home. Uh, but the guys here, we usually hang out probably every day or so, go play golf, um, you know, make some food, whatever, just kind of keep the relationships up, stuff like that. So that's been good um, to see those guys and um, – you know, outside of everyday practice and just kind of getting to hang out and stuff. Yeah. I mean, and I know looking at your season going in, I mean, you were still kind of heating up. I mean, to the, what, you were 4-0 through your first four starts, giving up one run. I mean, you were kind of hitting that rhythm. I mean, what was it like just to have that kind of, halt, like, alter and everything? I mean, did you – I mean, did it just kind of hit you all of a sudden or what happened when you found out the season? Um, <clears throat> oh, like when the se – oh, you're saying when the season ended? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I really processed it right away. Uh, like, it really hit me hard because um, it was on a we – were, we just got done on a midweek, and it was like we went to UNCW and we saw, like, the Ivy League cancel their season before we got off the bus. And then we get back on the bus after the game, and it was like now everybody's canceling their season. So that was kind of a – that was probably the moment it was like, oh, this is probably it for us. 
um, and everyone kind of started realizing on the way home. And then the next day we were supposed to have practice and, um, you know, he calls us out there and he's like, all right, we're, gonna, we're not going to practice. We're just going to have a team meeting. So he sent us home and then we came back and pretty much the end of that day or the next day he told us that the season was over. So, you know, for me, it, I don't think it hit me as hard because I knew I'd have another chance to play. Um, but I know it was really hard for those older, like those seniors and fifth years that were like, you know, really just excited to blow it out and, and go out on a high note. And then it was kind of just stripped from them before they could even think about it. So um, I probably was feeling more for them than thinking about it myself because I knew I had another chance. Yeah. I mean, and I know talking to your coach last spring, I mean, the way one of the ways he described you was just a leader for the team. Now, you know, you're in your junior year. Um, even going through your social media, you're always hyping up your teammates. You're always, I mean, it seems like overall, you know, you're a good leader on the team. You know, during all this stuff, how are you keeping everybody positive? I mean, it looks like to me you're a pretty positive guy. Like, what kind of stuff are you saying to people? Um, I don't think anything in my message has changed at all um, as far as, like, how I go about conversations with people. Um, you know, I think the more – the message I'm trying to get across more of is, like um, – not that I'm trying to, but just my message in general is just like take care of what you need to today kind of thing and let the rest take care of itself. Um, especially when I'm talking to younger guys and stuff, it's really easy to get wrapped up in, you know, the seasons now. It it was right in front of us and now it's another year away. So you kind of get anxious and you want to you wanna go play now and then maybe you get bored with your workouts or bored with your throwing. It's just you know, just to take it day by day and stay stay on that is probably more the message than anything, yeah. Yeah. You know, the thing is, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people are asking, you know, a lot of baseball players and other sports have it canceled, you know, how frustrated they are about having it canceled. But just look at the other side, those four outings you had before everything went down, everything. I mean, how are you just feeling during that those first four outings even? What did you think could happen this year for you? So that, it's a funny thing because I got hurt. I kind of like, I tweaked my elbow a little bit, um, like a little strain in my elbow two weeks before the season started. So at that point when I did it, I was freaking out that I tore because my sophomore summer, I partially tore my UCL. So I felt like I did it again. And at that point I was out for six months. So at that point, two weeks before the season, I was like, Oh, well, there goes my season. Like I'm going to be out again. And then uh, ended up rehabbing, for a couple of weeks and started easing, easing back into it a little bit. And, um, you know, at that point I was just like, all right, well, if I get a season, whatever I get is going to be good. So I wasn't really, um, I was just, I was just thankful I was able to pitch. So, um, that was kind of where mine was, my mind was with it all. Like, um, you know, I was just thankful that I was able to get out on the mound and, and compete, even if it was for a couple of innings every weekend. So, yeah. And so now if we go back and, you know, back a year now to the time when, when you threw the perfect game. And I remember, I, t I think I titled the article with D1 Baseball, I called you Mr. Perfect. I mean, can you just like tell me now a year later, what, what is it like looking back on that moment just now later? Um, yeah, it, it was definitely surreal in the moment. Like I didn't, I couldn't process it. I was like, did that really just happen? That whole thing. And then, Looking back on it a year later, um, still kind of the same thing. Like, it still feels like knowing, like, what a perfect game is and just how hard it is to, to go through an entire game like that, I still, like, I'm like, 
Okay, that's I guess I did that. That's pretty cool. So I don't know, like when I think about it, it's like it still kind of hits me with that feeling that I had when I first did it, um, which is pretty cool. I hope that I hope that never changes. Um, but I guess for me, it's like okay, well, let's see if I can get back to that that state of mind I was in, you know, those couple weeks, and try to try to stay there for an entire season. Um, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. So, I mean, did you get anything cool to commemorate that moment? I mean, did the school do anything for you for that? Um. So, they the our baseball front office has like a picture of the scorecard and picture of me and the lineup and all that stuff like hanging up in the front office uh which is really cool because I, I get to see that and um and then they actually our um our broadcaster gave me his a copy of his scorecard uh his lineup card and then I got some newspaper clippings and stuff and my mom made a little shadow box and I got to keep the ball and everything so that was I have that at home, so I got I got a bunch of that stuff, which is cool. And then also, um, after the season, Maryland sent me the rubber um, from the mound. So they were replacing the rubber after the year. So they asked the ground screw guy asked our director of ops at the time. He was like, "Hey, would would you want this? Um, would you want to send this to Jake once the season's over?" And I said, "Absolutely." So. I actually had one of my friends who is um, he's like he he's a carpenter essentially. Mm -hmm. So I had him kind of build it into a little lamp thing. So like the, the the lamp is like the rubber, like the stem part, and then it's got a little lampshade. And then he engraved kind of the stat line of the day and the date in Maryland and perfect game and all that stuff on it. So I got I got some pretty cool stuff out of it. Yeah, sure. and that's awesome just to see that they respected you enough to to do something like that. Cause you know, that's, I mean, that's something that, that sticks with, you knowing that other people care enough to do something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really cool of them to, to do that. And I think they sent, they sent some baseballs down for me to sign and stuff. So um, that our coaches could have, so they were, they were really cool about it. Yeah, it definitely. Really so going back, I mean, even this morning, again, I watched the video from when you threw the last pitch and everything, you know, that moment, I mean, Walking off the rubber, you're kind of – there's some emotion in you, but you're just – I mean, I just kind of see you walking off, but your teammates are jumping on you. I mean, what's it like for you? Did, I mean, I know I got chills watching it. I mean, yeah. what like for you, what, what was it in that moment you walked off the mound? I mean, what was going through your head? Yeah, that – you just gave me chills talking about it because I just, I just thought about, like, that moment again. And Well, I remember the – you know, <laughs> that, that at bat, you know, I knew it was coming – it was the same thing. I think I've talked about this in the interview we did before, but it was the same thing as the old Miss at bat with the no hitter where, you know, I've got all the emotions. I'm ramped up. I'm like, all right, I'm right there. Just go get it. And I think I had two strikes on him. And I threw like two balls in a row or maybe it was one, two. And I threw one, not even close. And uh, I took probably a 10 second stroll off the mound and just like trying to breathe, trying to relax. And then, I went for and threw it and he luckily swung and missed. And uh, I, I did like, I couldn't help but to just smile. And like, I didn't know what to do with myself. So, you know, I just went up, went to stump. Our catcher came up, gave me a hug, and I just let the rest take care of itself. But it was, I mean, it was, I didn't, I had no idea how to react or what to do. I just kind of let the emotion of it all take over. So, yeah. 
And you mentioned Old Miss, going back to that. I mean, for the people that are listening to this that don't know, you had one of the most remarkable just stretches, not even a game, but stretches where you, where you came up the, you know, the one out short of the perfect game literally a week before. And even in between, you come in against Duke and pitch like, like five innings of shut, like, well, I think one hit baseball. I mean, yes. you're going through. <laughs> I mean, that's yes. like, what was that? I think in that span, you won like pitcher of the week <laughs> between those two weeks and everything there. I mean, you're racking up. I mean, what was – I mean, that span of a week, I mean, what was that like for you, just even going through? Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of like the – you know, like what everybody talks about, like the flow of things or like going unconscious. Like I wasn't thinking about anything. I just knew what I had to do for the day. And, um, you know, I was just really – I was just really there. And uh, I didn't really care about anything else. I was just – I knew what I had to do. And, um, you know, I trusted everything I was throwing. And, um, yeah, I was just in a really good place mentally to go out there and uh, and pitch. So, and the you know like the Maryland game, you know, I was on short rest from the Duke game, so I didn't even expect to pitch more than four or five innings, um, even with even if my pitch count was low. Um, so I think that was kind of the the gist of the whole thing was, you know, I didn't have any expectations for myself going into those outings. I was just I was going with what I had and. Um, you know, I was just I was I was in the right place mentally, and then I let the rest take care of itself. Yeah, I mean, in that game against Ole Miss, when it came up short, I mean, did you tell yourself um, that you're going to get it the next time around? I, I vaguely remember for some reason you telling me a story when we worked together before that it was your dad or somebody was like, "All right, go pitch the perfect game next time" or something. <laughs> yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there was actually a couple people. So. Uh, one of my best friend from from where I was born in Ohio texted me after, um, and he was like, "Dude, that's unreal! Like, congrats, all that stuff." And I was like, "We have a pretty good like we have a good relationship where we challenge each other, but you know, we still still you know best friends and everything. So like, we want each other to be better. So I was just like, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'll I'll do one better next week or something." And then same thing with my dad. He was like. He was like, man, what can you do next? Throw a perfect game or something? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, and ended up, you know, ended up having a couple good more outings. So, yeah. It's good. I remember you telling me where he said, what can you do next? Perfect game. I mean, that, yeah. I mean that's just real. I mean, I mean, even like looking about it, I mean, I know looking back into your background, I mean, you've got an athletic family. I mean, what you, both your parents play, played collegiate sports. Your brother plays at UNCG, I want to say. He right? did. He graduated. Okay. Uh, last two last spring or two springs ago yeah and then your your sister played collegiate volleyball I mean you're an athletic family I mean so how, how does it feel to come home and say hey I pitched the perfect game like, <laughs> to get that top shelf I mean I know you guys are all competing how'd that go yeah. it, it was I mean it was uh it, I mean I don't we don't really talk about that as much I know I mean me being the youngest like it, like obviously I got like a lot of a lot of um, notoriety or whatever for it but you know we're at home we're usually just competing in whatever we're doing so like if it's cards or spike ball in the front yard or basketball or whatever like we let we let that stuff kind of be for for the outside stuff and then when we're at home it's just like we're hanging out like we would have when we were younger or um or whatever like that. So it's not really, I mean, there's no really competing because my sister, she set records when she was in college and my brother had a really good career at Greensboro. So 
there's no really need to one up there. It's just we all support each other and uh, we we do like to compete though when we're home. Yeah. So. So you know, looking at your dad's quote though about him saying, "What's next?" So you pitched the perfect game. So if I ask you now, "What's next?" <laughs> what is next for you then? I mean, what what's the ultimate goal now? Uh, I mean, the ultimate goal is to go is to keep playing, um, to get drafted and play professional baseball. Um, the thing I've learned probably more than anything is uh, not to set an expectation for that. I mean, I'm going to set a goal to get drafted and get drafted as high as I can. But, um, you know, if I take care of everything I need to take care of day to day, then that'll take care of itself. And um, that won't be anything I need to worry about. And then obviously, um, you know, the other goal is to go to Omaha. Obviously, ECU is one of the biggest stories as far as, making a regional or making a super regional, never going to Omaha. So uh, if anything, you know, if, if I don't get drafted, if none of that happens, and if we make it to Omaha, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy about that. Yeah. And so one of the, the big things like on here that I hope is if there's somebody younger watching, they're looking for advice and stuff like that. So talking to you, you know, you, you've played at such a high level. You've been through all these great moments. If there's a younger pitcher listening to this or watching this, what – advice are you would you offer them and what things would you tell them to focus on for me the biggest thing I've learned is not to get discouraged when you see somebody that's better than you that's older than you or even like not to compare yourself to anybody else just because they've been through something that uh, like you had like their life experience has led them in a direction that you know your life hasn't so um, you know I always used to to feel like I wasn't at the point where I needed to be just because I would look at guys that were older than me when I got to ECU or, you know, you look at guys that are on TV and you're like, man, they're so strong. Like they throw hard, they have all these pitches and stuff, but you know, the more I'm realizing it, it's like, well, as long as, as long as you're progressing on a, you know, every year, I don't think that really matters. Like you're going to get to that point if you continue to progress. So, um, I would say focus on your own progression um, and then what you need to do to get better. And, um, you know, you'll get to the point of, of where you need to be with, with those guys that you look up to. So. Yeah. And you know, the people looking at your, the people that don't know your freshman year, I mean, you, you got some experience, but you didn't get a whole lot, Um, you know, and so what did you learn in that time where you didn't get a whole lot of playing experience and what did you take in that summer? I know that summer was a little while for you too, looking back on it, everything you went through. Right. Um, from the summer, from the freshman year, it was kind of just um, being comfortable in my own skin, um, realizing like who I am is at the time is, uh, you know, a mid eighties lefty that can throw, you know, command all three pitches. So, you know, I was trying to I was trying to overpower guys and trying to do too much with pitches and stuff like that. And I just got outside of it. And then watching guys like you know Chris Holba and Wes Covington, guys that just were comfortable in their own skin, uh, Jake Agnos, like where they would just go out there, they would do their thing, and then let the rest take care of itself. That was kind of the biggest thing. And um, you know, I learned a lot about sticking to a routine. Um, and then taking care of my body, um, you know, off the field too. So, you know, all those aspects of, of being a good athlete that you need to learn to, to continue to progress is, is a lot of what I learned my freshman year and then what I continue to learn the past two years from, from the guys around me. So it's 
probably what I would say. Yeah. And so kind of going back into just like how mental everything is for you, especially as a pitcher on the mound. I mean, just can you explain to the people how mental a game of baseball is just for you? Uh, the more I'm, the more I'm playing golf, the more I'm understanding the mental side of pitching too. Like there's the amount of time that you spend not throwing a baseball while you're pitching in a game is a lot more than you actually performing and like executing a, a pitch. So like, you've got to know what's going on in your head in between those moments of throwing for you to be able to maximize the moments when you do throw, if that makes sense. So the, you have, like, for me, I have to spend a lot of time by myself kind of analyzing where my mind is and making sure. And it's, and it's kind of a, it's almost a cliche term now, but you know, like, like being present in whatever I'm doing um, and understanding where my mind goes so that when I'm actually on the mound and I make a bad pitch because it's inevitable that something's going to go wrong when you're throwing um, to be able to make a, an adjustment and get back into, um, you know, the state of confidence and, and trust that I want to be in. So it, it's a lot, it's a, it's really mental if you go into it, but a lot of guys, you know, there's that balance of like overanalyzing and then just keeping it simple that you got to find. So you said you're playing golf now. I mean, how long has that been going? Is it something new you picked up during quarantine, or or when did that start? Yeah, actually, it's been a it's been a quarantine it's been a quarantine thing, which is it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, getting my mind away from baseball, but still being able to at least compete a little bit. Like we usually play teams or something when we go out there, and that's pretty fun. Um, but learning how to do that has been a challenge too, because um, you know when you're playing baseball all the time, like you're not really learning, like you're learning stuff that's new, but not like a completely new sport or anything. So it's been fun to just kind of start from, from ground zero. And then, um, you know, almost having to self self teach and learn from the guys that on my team that are better than me at golf and just kind of hearing what they have to say and stuff like that. So uh, that on its own is something I get really excited about going to play golf and stuff like that. So I'll play, I'll probably play like two or three times a week. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. But I, I, the one thing I always hear, I mean, I know you're a pitcher, but still they always say your baseball swing can mess up your golf swing. I mean, it, is, is it true? Can you confirm that, that it happens? <laughs> I've, I've never found that to be true. I think they're two different swings mm -hmm. um, from the hitters on our team that I've played with. They say it doesn't affect their swing at all. Um, like, I know Burleson, he plays – he's actually pretty smart. He plays golf right-handed, but he swings left-handed, so he's got really no chance of messing it up. But, you know, guys like Bryson, Borrell, and Seth Cadell, like, those guys haven't – I don't think they've missed a beat from a baseball standpoint by playing golf. Yeah. So, if I told you you could throw a shutout or you could hit – would say two or three under par and a round of golf. I mean, which one would you might like take right now? <laughs> right now I'd say under par, but <laughs> give me in like eight months and I'll take the shutout. So um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe that's ahead, the next step. I said that maybe that, maybe that's the next step when I asked earlier, what, what's next for you? Maybe you can golf. <laughs> yeah. I should have said, I should have said figuring out how to, 
how to putt or something. That's probably the, <laughs> or get in from a hundred yards. That'll probably be my goal. No. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe you'll get the hole in one. Maybe that's the next the next achievement. I'm going to play today, so let's. I hope I'll let you know if I get one. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, just to be able to, I mean, to do something like that, you said, just kind of start ground zero. I mean, and just staying, you know, doing stuff outside of baseball. What other things do you like to do that are just kind of like take a break from that? I mean, how important is it for you to? when you step off the field to just know that you're off the field, you can do something else. Yeah, that, that part has been a challenge for me, especially because, um, you know, I've all like since high school, I was just like pour myself into baseball as much as I could. Cause that's what, that's what everybody did. That was wanting to go to the next level. It was like, well, if you want to be good, you gotta, you gotta commit to it a hundred percent and sell out to it. So um, that had been ingrained in me for a while, but once I got here, you know, I had to the that whole identity piece of I'm I'm more than just a baseball player, um, and that if I'm only a baseball player, that's probably not healthy. Um, if that's the only thing I identify with, so you know, getting outside of that and kind of um, you know doing like like you said, playing golf and um, spending time outside of baseball doing things that are. Um, like I like to grill I like to play ping pong and um, I don't know just hang out with guys play play ps4 I'm not very good at ps4 but I like to play it anyway just to get just to get my mind off of it and then um, you know watch movies tv just like anybody else so um, but for me it's important to make time for that kind of stuff just because like you said you know, you need to get away. You need to find a balance of, of life in there somewhere. So, you know, it's not all about baseball at the end of the day. Baseball is going to end. So um, being able to, to switch off that, you know, and, and doing something else is important. Yeah. And so kind of as a final question, I mean, a lot of people want to be remembered and what they do in baseball, but your name is written in the history books. You know, you're the 28th <laughs> perfect game. I mean, you're in a, a league group in that way. How cool is it to know that, you know, years down the road, you can say, I did reach baseball immortality. I'm in the record books and point to that. How cool is that for you? Um, it's pretty cool to think about. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, if that'll ever really set in as like an immortality thing, like of that's always going to be there. I just, um, Maybe I will. Maybe it will when I'm done playing, and I'll be able to, you know, tell my kids about it or or something like that. But, um, you know, for right now, I don't really know if that's really set in in, in my mind. I I kind of want to. I kind of want to keep going with baseball and um, see if I can't do it again, or see if I can't set any other records or stuff like that to to add on to it. So that's kind of where my mind is with it. So um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope down the road, maybe again, we we covered the story <laughs> of you doing either whether it's you hit a hole in one or you, you, you hit another <laughs> par or, or, you know, if you come back and you do something amazing in the mound. I mean, it's always great talking to you, man, and everything. And I want to thank you for, for coming on here. So thanks again, man, for doing that. Yeah, thanks for having me. Special thanks to Jake for jumping on the podcast here today. Uh, episode three should be up early next week for you guys, so be on the lookout for that. I really appreciate the love and support again that you guys have been giving this podcast so far. 
If you could please leave a like and a review on whatever platform you use, it's much appreciated and I read through all those and see what suggestions or comments you guys have. So thanks again and have a great rest of your day. Thank you.